Welcome back, everybody, to episode seven of the Chronic Sisters podcast. You are joined by your host, Jess. And Sean. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you enjoyed last week's Gratitude Week. We have had so much positive feedback. Positive, positive, positive. So much positive feedback. The other day, I finished a 12-hour shift, went to pick up my dog from mum and dad's, and my dad had downloaded an app, started a gratitude journal, and has started telling mum every night in bed. That is so beautiful. Cutest thing ever, hey. Stop it. Stop it. We love Little that. Little goals. We love that. Have you been doing your homework, Sister Sean? Um, I'll save it for the fun fact follow-up, Sister. Oh, okay. But you'll all be proud right. of me. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. You won't be proud of me. <laughs> but okay. how are you, sis? How am I? I am... I'm pretty good. Very tired. Very tired. Working lots. Had a wonderful wedding on the weekend for one of my friends. Mm. Um, been on a few dates. And yes, I'm just a tired, busy gal. And like a little bit low-key anxious about COVID. Like if we're going to We're going to really it. talk about it. Yeah, like I've got a sore throat, but like I always have one when I have a flare-up or I'm overtired with lupus. But now I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, I mean, we've spoken about it before in like chronic illness life. If your baseline is shit... Like fatigue, headache, achy, whatever. I mean, for you with lupus, like with your sore throat and shit. But it's all the same symptoms, right? Exactly. How are you going to tell? I know. And they're like, what are your symptoms? Well, well, I get hot. So I get a fever. I get a really sore throat. I get sore joints, really fatigued. But that's me like almost every second day. So do I have COVID every day? And then I'm panicking because I don't want to be the person that brings it into work. And then, oh, it's just a stressful time. And I think that's taking a lot of my yeah, emotional just stress. Subconsciously yeah, just stressed I underneath so. everything. I think so. But I mean, it's a stressful, stressful time at work is. right now. It is, yeah. Because everyone is on edge. For those of you that don't live in Western Australia, we are having a quite large peak of COVID right now. Um, luckily, we had quite high vaccination rates. Um, however, still a threat. Obviously, we all know that we work in very um, at-risk cohort potentially so you know it's just a lot of stress everywhere it is it is but yes otherwise stressed about covid a little bit but tired working lots but also have done lots of fun activities well that's good at least there's some fun in amongst it yes yes how's your week sunshine um look it's been a pretty rough week actually i'm not gonna lie to you nor the listeners um i'm I'm glad (laughs) thank you um i'm coming off of like a three-day migraine yes which came out of nowhere um i say it came out of nowhere I don't know what I did. I thought I was doing everything ergonomically at work, but my, you know, when I stuff my neck up at home, yeah. it just has not been the same since. And look, when my lats, traps, you know, all of those things that people work out at the gym to get, mine just self combust with the slightest breeze, it seems. And that then leads to night neck tightness and then that leads to headaches. Anyway, I got knocked absolutely for six two days ago. Had to get up super early for some training in Queensland, which did not help. Um, I was obviously in Perth. The training was in Queensland via webinar. So different time zones, couple hours early. I was up at like five. Anyway, long story short, it's been a wild couple of days. I slept through yesterday pretty much all day. My fatigue was insane. I felt like I had no battery left at all. And then today I've just had like a casual six out of 10 pain with all of my intercostal muscles, which are the muscles in between your ribs, just 
casually spasming. We were literally messing each other like, I can't breathe I can't in. Breathe. I can't breathe in. My pleuritis is fucked. My chest pain's fucked. Oh my gosh. Like the the pull on the muscles into like this knot to the point that I can't inhale my full breath is like you just end up panting all day. And obviously, because we're in masks, it's just a hot mess. It is. I think we need to use that massage day ASAP. Yes, sister. we Let's do. Oh my God, I forgot your about birthday. that. Yes. Let's do that. Yes, please. We've told the people. So, yes, everyone, we'll We've book that it, in. But Locked and loaded. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll get on to the next bit so we can get this episode smashed out. It is time for the Fun Fact Follow-Up. <laughs> okay. Okay, so now tell me if you've okay. done your homework. I have absolutely done my homework. And much like your father, I have downloaded an app called Gratitude. App. And honestly, this isn't sponsored by them or anything like that but I found this app because I'd obviously been looking at sites on Instagram and stuff about gratitude um to do the last week's episode and you know they're always listening so <laughs> the advert came up for the app and I was like oh this looks fun so cute you can color code it it's a paid app like you get like a seven day trial or whatever and then you have, end up having to pay for it eventually but honestly it's pretty iconic and like <laughs> It costs like, I think it was like $8 a month. They should absolutely sponsor us. They should. Um, it costs like $8 a month. So what's that, like a coffee and a half? Yeah. Not even. Um, I can pay that to be gra- grateful and to have all of those like change of neuron pathways in my brain. Absolutely. absolutely. We're I here do for that. it. And it has a little alarm. So you can set it for in the morning or in the nighttime. Cute. And you can set the time and then it reminds you. And then if you're like, oh, I don't know what to say. It has little cues. Like you can say, help me out. And it will give oh, you like, stop it. what do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Did you have any like moments of gratitude that surprised you? Like things that you were grateful for that you, that kind of surprised you? Do you know what? Yeah. So I've set myself a little rule. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, you know, rules contain the fun as Monica from Friends says. So I do three gratitude gratitudes yeah gratitudes yeah i think so yeah i do three of them mm-hmm. at night mm-hmm. two of which are just from the day day yeah. experience one has to be my physical body yes queen yes so when i because i was i've been thinking about it all day because mm-hmm. i'm like i'm gonna do them tonight so i'm just mm-hmm. like trying to absorb all these moments of like gratefulness that i've yeah. got in the day yeah. right so obviously these are the minimums mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for like the tough days i can mm-hmm. do more but anyway but I've actually been like okay at picking up like stuff that I like about my body because it's not like overwhelming, like all three of them have to be yes. about me. Yeah. It's just one out of two. Yeah. And it can just be little things. Like one of one night was I really like my freckles. Like yes. I love my freckles. Yes. And so that was one of them. And I yes. was like, I do love my freckles. And I love that when they come out more, it means that I've been out in the sun and it means I've been outside. Living. And- yeah. Yes. And so I found those little moments. Love I loved that. it. So yeah, I, I've done my homework. I'm on a streak because also job. that as well for the competitive, like I need to not break that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21 days before it's it a habit. It counts. Yeah. yeah, it counts how many mm-hmm. you've done. So I can't break that now. So okay. I'm in. I'm locked You're in for life. You're here for the long run. Yeah. I love that so, so much. Yeah. But what about you? Have you done um, your homework? I have done not 
the app, Situazi. Yep. I have spoken about it to people or friends. Like I've definitely sent a few text messages checking in on people Love and that. saying that I'm grateful for them and definitely even more aware of it at work. Again, like I said, after a shift, I always go around and say thank you. And then um, the other day we had a, we had a big um, thing at work and I text everybody who had been involved in the journey and thank them all individually because recognize not all of them were there on the shift at the time. Well done. And so I was being grateful for my team. That's um, so good. And how so did you feel after that? I feel good, but yeah. like I feel like that that's me. Like if yeah, I didn't do you. that, it wouldn't be me. You so, wouldn't feel no, like you've done it I wouldn't feel like properly. I've done a job properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have, yeah, I've been a bit more grateful and I've been, sounds really weird, but I've been really grateful for my new little home recently. Yeah. Just like I'm really settling in now. That's really cool. That. I'm really, so, I'm really appreciative of that. Yes. Because yes. I enjoy you being happy. I love yes, that. Yes. It's nice being in a clean space. Fresh, yeah. Fresh start. Very fresh nice. Fresh start. Yes. Yes. Okay. Fun fact follow up. Yes. Pass the homework. Okay. Because I did listen to our episode and yeah. I was like, that's right. Her weird fucking nostril sniffing. Okay. That so. you never told us the answer. <laughs> To. <laughs> well, I was under a lot of pressure mid episode last mm-hmm. week, so I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. So I did some research. Um, and when I say research, I Googled it. Um, no, you made me watch a YouTube video. Well, yeah, I Googled it to find the YouTube okay, video. Sure. And so basically, I wasn't making it up. It's a legit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from a guy. So the, the person that I saw it, he didn't make it up, obviously. But the guy that I saw explaining it is yes. a guy called Lucas Rockwood. And he owns a company called Yoga Body. Yoga Body. Yeah. And he does all this stuff about breathing, et cetera, et cetera. You guys could Google him. I'll put a link down the bottom so you guys can try the video. But basically, I'm going to do it while you The test me. is you put your index finger, so your pointing finger, yeah, under your there. nose, yeah. and you breathe out three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I don't have much air coming out of one nostril. Okay. So that's perfect because whatever nostril is the more dominant one depicts whether you're in a fight or flight or a rest and digest. I have turbulent flow pouring out of my right nostril currently. So your right is fight or flight. Your left is rest and digest because your right nostril is connected to the left side of your brain and your left nostril is connected to your right side of your brain. And so last week I I guessed, it was a 50-50 and I got it wrong, that the right was rest and digest because I was like, that would be handy because R, 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 R. But it's not, it's the opposite. Sure. So So I'm just stressed. You're just stressed all the time, which we knew. We knew that. We knew that your cortisone was high AF. And I what really would be interesting? What would be interesting for you, yes. or for anyone who's right turbulent flow, yeah, would be like to do like a meditation or like a deep breathing or a mindfulness yeah. thing, and then do it afterwards and see if it changes. I'm going to do it in bed. I'll get back to you, people. <laughs> we'll do a fun fact follow up. Of the next my week nostrils. of your nostrils but that's a, that's what it was so i did find it i didn't make it up all and it's our a real listeners thing. are going to be like listening wherever they are like driving away like <laughs> okay just snotting everywhere oh, i like that fun fact follow-up well you're welcome thank you so much it was worth the wait that was it was wasn't it all right shall we get into this week's topic okie dokie then hit me all right so <laughs> this topic comes with a warning 
and it's not our usual you <laughs> usual warning we're already sweating yeah <laughs> sweaty armpits my um, pits are dripping yeah so this is a warning for anyone who doesn't want to listen to us talk about our sex lives so that is directly aimed at you dad and my parents my nana, nana granny anyone at work that just doesn't want to have to look at us in a weird way knowing the stories that we're about to tell you either you've got two options skip this episode and just wait another week just pretend that we've yeah, been sick we've kept for a you week on, yeah we've kept you on hold before we'll do it do again. do it again or if curiosity gets the better of you which probably which will. probably will and i don't blame you you can listen but just don't, don't tell us. Don't fucking ask me any questions at work. Just don't tell us. No. Dad, I do not want a review of this episode, please. I love you, but there are limits and I would like you to respect that boundary because I, I just don't, I don't want to deal with that if that's okay. Please and thank you. Yeah, I, same goes for you, family, especially yeah. my brother. But, you know... I wonder if how my sister's going to go listen to this episode. Oh, Fee, who cannot Fee talk on. about even the word sex itself. Yeah. This one is for you, my girl. This one is <laughs> for you. It'll be very interesting can to you, see oh, if she I can get through an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so that is the topic. Also, trigger warning for if that topic in particular brings up negative feelings within yourself, please don't feel like you have to listen. If you've been through sexual trauma or it's not something that you're interested in, that is absolutely a-okay. We don't want to push you. You can skip, as we've said prior, to copy and paste the family clip for yourselves. Yes, that We is still correct. love you. We still appreciate you. You don't have to listen. Yes. And I think that it's also might be a triggering episode for all of our potential chronic listeners Mm-mm. and we will be sharing our own experiences with some facts obviously throughout because your gal loves them. Um, but yes, it will be a bit of a chat about that and maybe for some of you, you may feel more heard, more Look, we're going to give we're it here to you to real. educate and validate. That's what we do. We're going to keep it real. We've both experienced it from different aspects yes. of trying to have a sexual experience or a sex life with chronic illnesses of various degrees. Yes. So uh, we're coming to you with knowledge. We are. Lived experience. Yes. And we're also going to bring you some facts, like you said. Yes. I have found an article written um, about a rheumatology nurse who has written a book and I wish that I knew about it before and that I had read the book because reading this article it is going to be an iconic read I feel so I will also as usual put all the links so you guys can follow up and have a look and I'm actually going to try and find this book but basically this book was written by like I said a rheumatology nurse practitioner and her name is Iris Zink so she has basically written this book from her experience as a rheumatology nurse because she's experienced that her patients have come to her with questions about maintaining their sex lives with a chronic illness and she hasn't known the answer so she took it upon herself to just research the shit out of it love an ambitious gal oh we don't love we ju- i mean mm-hmm. she's already a nurse practitioner she's already kicking yeah. goals but she's just got to be that extra fancy and write a whole book about it so she goes she has some amazing comments throughout this book 
And so she has said a lot about sex and intimacy challenges are common amongst people with chronic illnesses, which, we you know, all know, it doesn't take much to think about really, does it? I mean, day-to-day life is tough and we're already feeling a little bit self-conscious about our existence in the day-to-day world. And then you want to take all your clothes off. No, thanks. Um, it's a no from me. I'm already sweating thinking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Like it's a no from me from like, if you go in gut first you know you're like no thanks i'm quite okay i'm great thank you head so much. to toe in like yeah. a blanket please and thank you yeah cool so uh, it doesn't take much to think about that it would be quite difficult to you know make yourself you're vulnerable in that situation mm-hmm. and so she goes on to say that there was a study published in 2019 in the journal of arthritis care and research and it found that sexual health problems are highly prevalent among people with inflammatory arthritis for both physical and mental reasons so both like psychologically psyching yourself out about mm-hmm. the pre the during the mm-hmm. post or physical pain from the actual motion of doing it doing but it that's what I feel like a child so that's what sex is it. isn't it it's not just a physical act there are feelings emotions and practical considerations yeah. that need to be taken into an account oh exactly and then as a person right with a chronic illness okay so you're in a situation where you're like okay I've talked to my friends people aren't experiencing the same thing as me they're not having the mm-hmm. same amount of difficulty that I am who the fuck do you talk to about that? Yeah, that's pretty much my, like, that's where my journey began. <laughs> exactly. Like who the fuck do you talk to? Yeah. And that's what they're saying is like, not only is it common amongst people, but then you've got a, then a small amount of those people feel comfortable enough to actually talk to their medical professional. Mm-hmm. And then even less of the medical professionals that are spoken to about mm-hmm. it know what the fuck to say. Mm-hmm. Because what do you do with that response? Like, yep. what do you do with that question? Yeah. Yep. And as a medical professional, you're like, oh, um, awkward. Yeah. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And especially, and I'm, I'm, you may have experienced something different because of your chronic illnesses being specifically sex organ related, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the, the knowledge base may be greater. But for someone like me, where my chronic illness is multi-system and it doesn't include my reproductive or organs Mm -hmm. or area trying to have that conversation with like a an orthopedic surgeon (laughs) like so can you help me (laughs) help (laughs) do you know what I mean and so I was so taken aback when I went and had a review for my um hip before Mm. I had my hip surgery Mm. he was like you know when your life becomes like it affects your day-to-day life. Like mm-hmm. if you, it hurts to work, if it hurts to walk, you know, if you, if it hurts, you can't have sex anymore. And I was like, mm. what do you mean? Mm. Is that, is that a symptom? Because I, it's been hurting for a while now <laughs> and I've just been like, that's okay. That's, that's just how it has to happen. That's what that is now. And sometimes my hip impinges and I can't move it anymore. That's fine. That's what it is. But apparently that's not okay. And that's a limitation. Mm. Correct. Which I learned after. Yes, yeah. But yeah, so she goes on to say that there was obviously this idea of like, even those small percent of people that actually go to their their medical professional to ask for help, no one knew how to help them. So then that's where she comes in and she's gone, almost 20 years ago, this happened for her with one of her patients that could no longer, the, the issue that she had was she had a form of um, axial spondyl arthritis AXSPA 
and she could no longer open her legs wide enough to have sex with her husband Mm -hmm. and had asked for advice Mm -hmm. and she had no idea what to say. And so she was determined to find the answer. So that's when she began, began her research. And at the time, she only found 20 articles total. There's nothing. 20 And you articles. look now and there's like, we found thousands now, which oh. is amazing that times are changing. But how awful for one, that lady in that situation and to so many of us yeah, in exactly. similar situations. And so that was around arthritis and impact around sex, right? And so she broadened the search to chronic illnesses mm-hmm. and sex. And then she got 600 articles. Mm-hmm. So like... Still nothing. Still <laughs> nothing in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, but at least a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's that whole conversation around the idea of people with a disability don't have a sex mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. People with a chronic illness or something that's wrong with them, sex. they don't need they don't sex. Need it. It's not, they don't need it. And you know what? Don't I think worry I've about told it. myself that so often that I think I've convinced myself that I don't need it. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, no, I'd be fine. I'd be right. I don't need it. It's fine. Because it's put it in the too hard basket. Yeah, right. Too hard, don't need it. Don't need it, don't want it. Mm. So she goes on, so obviously there's an issue, right? She's come up with, her patients are having these problems and it's a continued problem the more she looks into it. And so she then goes and breaks down how you can kind of work on that relationship with your body and your sex Mm -hmm. life. And one of the key things that she said was to know the difference between sex and intimacy. Yeah. So sex and intimacy without thinking about it, can be interchanged like mm-hmm. no one's business. Mm-hmm. But when you really break it down, sex in short is like the physical action yeah. of having sex. Yeah. And intimacy is far more than that. Mm-hmm. So like for some couples, it means penetration. For others, particularly those if one of the persons have a chronic health issue, mm-hmm. sex might actually mean mutual masturbation or oral sex and some couples may define sex as achieving orgasm, but a lot of like sex therapists and sexologists want to kind of pull back from the idea that successful sex ends in an orgasm. It's, yeah. So my favorite sexologist in the whole world ever, Chantelle Otten, who is with Dylan Olcott, everyday oh. hero. Um, Every day, Australian of, of the year. year. Um, but she is amazing and she is so passionate about trying to break the stigma down that sex is not actual physical penetration or intercourse. Mm. That is not the definition of sex. Mm-hmm. And she does so much work in the disability field. She's just amazing. I yeah. actually, when I was at my all time lowest, I was talking to a colleague about it and she had had similar experiences to me in the past and she's happily married now. And that's great. She's found someone loving and supportive, but I had actually DM'd Chantel mm. and I was booked to have a session with her, a one-on-one session. Shut up. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I didn't end up doing it and I ended up with old mate who turned into a knob and tried to work through it myself and through my physio. But <sighs> yeah, I had spoken to Chantel and that's what I was going to do. And I still think I should do it, but yeah. I currently don't have any time. But I just think she's the coolest chick ever. Whoa. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know I you were so, supposed to go have an I appointment for her. I was so determined to make things better for myself. And I was like, if anyone's going to fix me, it's this bitch. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> but yeah. So, yes, she is amazing at trying to break that stigma down. Yeah, I love that. And obviously she is with a disabled man. And so she is so all about empowering those who are not able not able to do the things that everyone thinks that they a can do. normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love that. And so your – she said – so zinc mm. – Not kink. Not dog. kink, zinc. She goes into saying like how your bodies change over time and the, you know – 
as we age, those of us who don't have a chronic illness, things will change. Mm-hmm. Whether that be vaginal dryness, mm-hmm. erectile dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, that it occurs naturally with age for some people. And so that there's also a stigma or an attachment with some of the medications that some people with chronic illnesses have, which can affect mood, Mate, sexual drive. the pill drive. is like number one. Like the pill, <laughs> Insane. no libido for you, doll. You're yep. on the pill. This is like TMI also, so it's fam. Um, but I have been on the pill since I was, I got my period very, very late, which is part of my whole story. But I was like 16, maybe almost 17, like very mm-hmm. late. And I got diagnosed with endo by 18. So like very quick, very late, you can't come off this pill was pretty much what I was told. I got very flat, very flat. I was crying all the time. I felt so depressed and I could not work it out. Mm. And the only thing I was putting into my body at that time was the pill. So I spoke to my GP and said, I need to swap this. Yeah. And I came off the pill for all of a week, like while I did the breakthrough bleed before mm. I jumped onto the next pill. Mm. And so I did like a week and then one more week just to make sure it all settled before starting the new tablet. Mm. And let me tell you, I've never had a sex life in my life. And I had it for those seven days. I was like, oh, this is what people talk about. I'm actually wanting to take my partner's clothes off. Wow. I've never, ever, ever felt like that. Yeah. And then it makes you realize like, Oh my God, people, you know, people who are on antidepressants and obviously mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we're both on amitriptyline, but yep. that, that can also affect your libido. Yep. And it's amazing what medications can do. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. I just thought this is how I was meant to feel. Yeah, totally. And if well, I could do anything to come off the pill, I would, but I can't. So yeah. And well, well, I could, but you know, too hard. <laughs> well, it was a similar thing for me when I was in my first relationship, like my proper first relationship, I got the implant put in Mm. oh my god what a wild 12 months that was i was (laughs) the most upset depressed person i have ever been in my Mm -hmm. entire life Mm -hmm. and the moment it came out it was like a fog had lifted out of my body and i was suddenly human again it's it's so crazy hey within days i was like who is this gal incredible and we just do that every day so you know that's good the joys so then she goes on to talking about how we need to disconnect the idea that orgasm is all that sex can be and about reconnecting to the moment within the intimate parts of sex Mm -hmm. so intimacy is what is the emotional state that leads potentially Mm -hmm. to sex Mm -hmm. they're not the same thing and by by separating them you can have one and involve yourself completely in intimacy that not lead to sex and still feel connected, you know, connected with your partner or very much in love, you know, whatever the other things that you do, why you have sex, but via intimacy but then, rather than physical penetration. Yeah. And but then you have some people that sex for them is so pleasurable and they don't need the intimacy. Yeah. What the so, heck? So like I have friends that are all about the one night stands, all about the Tinder dates that last for like two seconds. No thanks. I could not think of anything worse than a one night stand. Like I just, I can't wrap my head around it. For me, we'll go into it in a minute, but like 
to ha- in order to have sex, I kind of have to open up a little bit. Yes. And am I going to open up to every Joe Blow off the street? No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Yeah. I'm like, you know, tried it once, never again. It's not for me at yep. all. Like, but some people, that's enough for them, and yeah. good on them. But good, good on them. Good and on I, you. you know, I wish I could live some of my life experiencing yeah. the joys and highs that you of do sex because your girl does not no. get that no. at all not at all it is not a fantasy it is not a fairy tale it it's is not, not like, like the, the movies. goddamn movies let me tell you holy shit it's not like the movies no oh my goodness so, yeah. there is way more funny noises that happen in real life <laughs> you did you squeaky <laughs> gal yeah i am not about the root and boot oh. that's just not for me it's just not for me but if you can do it bravo if to you if you can root and boot like hats bravo. off to you sis if that's the life you want to lead bravo you when do you, you boo. Do you boo. You do Go you. with your bad self. Yeah. Love you that. Live your bad <laughs> life. <laughs> do you know what? Claps to you. <laughs> clap. Don't get the clap. Always rap. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, SCI, we've got to be nurses as okay, well. Okay, okay. you got to protect yourself, Safe team. Safe sex, everybody. Safe sex. Safe sex. Get, get your SCI test. Get your sexual health checked out, please. Get your screening done. And for God's sake, women, get your cervical screening pap smears okay can we talk about pap smears yeah absolutely okay. go for it so this is where my story began actually oh what so a segue what a fucking segue you're welcome um so what actually happened with me and my non-existent sex life at the time so i was having heaps of pelvic pain horrible hell horrible fainting and i got my period very late and something wasn't right i was like i got a high pain threshold i should not be 17 and wanting to die every time i get a period um, so my mum is like super proactive. She's super open. I can talk to her about everything. And I had a boyfriend at the time, long-term boyfriend, super respectful. So mm-hmm. like, if you're going to pick your first ever boyfriend, you want to have a respectful one. Yeah. And like, we just grew apart and that's fine. But there was nothing bad. He didn't have a bad bone in yeah. his body, but we just We appreciate right. him yeah, for we, what he yeah, brings. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Um, but I... I had first, so this is before I'd even started to have sex, but they, you know, I was having painful periods and all that stuff. And they said, oh, we should probably do an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And innocent 16 year old me never knew that an ultrasound could be the size of a fucking wizard stick (laughs) that goes up your chotch. Mm. I didn't think that was a thing. So Mm. mum came in with me because I was obviously under 18 and they were like, would you like to bring mum? I was like, of course. And so they're just, you know, scanning my... Um, my abdomen like yeah. under my belly button checking my bladder checking everything yeah and what one would expect what one would expect and that's what i thought i'd signed yeah. up for mm-hmm. and i don't i wonder if mum remembers it she probably will she'll fun fact follow me if i get it wrong well i'm not getting it wrong i mean if she doesn't remember yeah but anyway so they finished that and then i thought that's it that's me done yeah. great you, you know you have to, you to know, hold your bladder and do a wee and i was like yeah cool done mm-hmm. and then she puts this whopping condom looking thing on the wizard stick and was like just pours lube over it and I was like what is she doing with that and then mum was like just put her hand up was like can we not do the internal um exam like she's not even had sex yet can you not traumatize my child one what an amazing advocate of my mother two (laughs) I tell my mum everything so she definitely (laughs) knew that I hadn't had sex yeah but like, so mum stopped that from happening. Oh, thank then and God. There. So I didn't have it. Oh, and they were like, oh yeah, so if you scared. don't want it. And so I didn't have it. Mum was like, I'm not putting my child through that. Imagine if your mum was not in the room. I know. 
I would have died. Well, it would just really kick-started my medical well, trauma. Yeah. But, but anyway, my mum was out. like, you're not doing that. Anyway, so we left and that was fine. And then... I'm shooketh that they just started setting that up with no conversation yeah. about it At whatsoever. Like, I was like 16 or something. That's fucked. Far out. And then anyway, I... You know how you need to have your first pap smear at like 18 yeah. or something? Yeah. And at th- that time, oh, at that time, like I, you know, I was getting intimate with my partner. We'll just sure. say that. But I was still like not great in the old sex field because getting intimate was still incredibly painful. So mm-hmm. I was like, mm, something's off here. So like, we'll do a pap smear. We'll check everything out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could not do a pap smear. <laughs> oh. And uh, so I had a general anesthetic. Wow. Full blown knocked out general anesthetic to have a pap smear because yeah it was fucked so that's actually during that pap smear and investigation is when i was diagnosed with the endo so the endo and the pap smear were in the same ga and i was like cool i'm having a pap smear under a ga every every fucking time time. and so that was when i was like that's weird because all my girlfriends like oh i had to have my first pap smear and i'm like so did you have to have a ga (laughs) <laughs> they're like uh no you just nah. put your legs in the stirrups at the gp and i was like oh okay so then that kind of became like this whole what is wrong with me what is wrong with me something's wrong with me so did they tell you why they couldn't complete the pap smear so no not at the time not then they just thought i was anxious and i was like younger Tense and stuff and whatever. but yeah, it sure. was when i woke up and went back to my for my um follow-up to get my stitches out post all my endosurgery she had died the lady said oh the reason that didn't happen is because you've got vaginismus right and I was like cool what is that and then I just thought I had this like contagious disease and so that was Naturally. awful um and so did she explain what it was no she was never good and we never went back to her great but so she was like you need to see a physio see you bye and then my mom so again just a uh, honey mm. She, again, I'm very lucky. Mum and I are incredibly open. Nothing is off limits. I still tell her all about my sex life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Non-existent, but, you know. Um, like, <laughs> I have no hands. problem talking to mum about that stuff. Yeah. And one day I actually got home and she had bought me a book all about vaginismus and she bought me a vaginismus kit. Explain. Yes. Didn't know there was a kit, but there was. And she also said... I've looked up some physios and I could book you in if you want. And I said, yeah, that's cool. So that's how it started. And then my boyfriend at the time, like, honestly, we just never had the word is, I guess, successful penetration. Just couldn't. I was in so much pain. I Mm. felt like I was tearing. It was just awful. And I started going to the physio. I didn't even have my license. I think I got my license at like, oh, I don't know, 18 and a half, 19. So for the first few um appointments i didn't even have my license mum would take me yeah and i have never felt more uncomfortable and violated in my life so we sat down she was an irish lady and she goes she gets out like this range of dilators okay mm-hmm. and i'm talking like from the size of maybe a tampon to like a large penis and i was like what is she doing and yeah. she lines them up and she goes Okay, what are we aiming for? What are we aiming for? Like, where do we need to get to? How big is your boyfriend's penis? At like 18. I like the first, first appointment. appointment. Like, what's our goal? Let's set some goals. What? And I just looked. Like, I was mortified. And I was like, oh, just the first the first one would be good. She was like, what? You can't. And because I didn't get my period till so late, like yeah. 17, my period, I can't tell you. It's very actually uncommon. Most people with endometriosis have very heavy bleeds. Yeah. 
I don't have anything. I can't even tell you how light it is. Like I don't need to wear anything. It's that light. Yeah. So one, I've never tried to put a tampon in when yeah. I was 18. But yeah. then I was like, well, all my friends are using them. I might just give it a go. Yeah, sure. Why not? Ha <laughs> ha. Very funny. That didn't go anywhere. Horrendous. It went nowhere. Just like smashing it against like a wall. Uh, yeah. Like literally. Yeah. Completely like that. And so I was like, well, that doesn't work. So I was like, well, let's just start with um number number one. There yeah. was 16. There was 16 of them. She had 16. I'm sorry. And I was like, let's just start with one. Um, And she was like, well, well, how big is it? Like, where are we going? And I was like, I've never felt more uncomfortable. Anyway, from that moment, I ended up laying on my back and she did um internal ultrasound for like half an hour and just talked to me about my day. I've since been to a much better actually pelvic physio and you know I, I am 10 years older yeah um and things have changed and education is much better and mm. like I said I had a beautiful physio but couldn't go back because of my medical trauma associated with my previous surgeon and I've since found a beautiful 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 physio shout out yeah. so love your work um but has a baby has she had a baby so rude um but yeah like that that for me was the start of it so sex for me was never this beautiful intimate moment it was like okay Jess you have to attend appointments for this to happen Mm. and then she was like so you need to do homework and then she goes so um I'll give you some more because you've only got like sizes like one to six and I've got like a five and a half and a four and a half so I can like make your set a bit easier sure but you know I might a glass and uh I was like glass like hollow glass not like a cute rose quartz one that everyone's into these days <laughs> rosy like, rees kind of yeah, rose yeah. quartz no like a clear thin glass thing and she's like I just want like you a to, test tube like a test tube yeah 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 and she's like I just want you to put it up there and just go to sleep just at night stretch your vagina and go to sleep I was like I am in tears I am like in so much pain my my muscles my pelvic floor is so tight that I would shatter the glass so I was too scared to put it in there and mum used to always be like babe have you done any exercises and she was really cheering me on yeah and I would I would go to bed like and I'd do it for 20 minutes and I'd be like have you done any exercises I'm like yeah yeah but it was just this never a romantic thing for me it was no. like my body's not working How could I you need make to fix it, it. Yeah. and then after like probably six months of doing that I was like I can't do this anymore yeah. I, and I have no drive. No. And so for me, that has kind of been like, I've never had a drive. I've always felt abnormal. And that was like just a bit, it was a, just a eye-opening thing. Yeah. And so I just put it on hold and I ended up, you know, with my stupid toxic ex who you've all heard about with the house and the dog situazi. But we were together for like five years and I just kind of ignored it. Like we worked through it. Mm. We didn't have sex often mm. I, I guess some people would say it's I mean it's definitely not often enough for them but it was mm-hmm. often enough for me but <laughs> yeah I'll say I, I always think now and it's probably one of my biggest insecurities and biggest fears moving forward mm. it's like I don't ever know why he fucking cheated on me and he never told me but I always tell myself it's because I wasn't good enough at that yeah sure and so that's what I have always told myself and unfortunately probably will always tell myself because Mm -hmm. in every other sense of the word, she's got nothing on me. And I'm like, that, that has to be it, right? Yeah, sure. And so now I'm too scared to date because I'm like, well, if someone really likes me, they might not like me for long enough because they'll have to work through, through this, right? So that five years I was comfortable and I was safe in that relationship. And then being single again, that was the most frightening part of being single. Totally. Like the most frightening part. Yeah. And on the pap smear topic, Went and had a pap smear like last year, the year before. You have to have one like, after you're 25 again. 
And so I was like, dude, I've had one every year because I've had HPV every yeah. single fucking time. Yeah, most of my friends are the same. Ugh. But, in, you know, in one sense of the word, I've been a bit lucky in that area. Yeah, you had no HPV. Um, so I had two under a GA. And then I went for my other one and I was like, she's a single gal. She's going to work on stretching her van. She's going to go back to a GP without a mum. And she's going to do it. Yeah. And she's going to have a pap smear. Yeah. And so I went back to my normal GP who knows the whole situation, who referred me for the first GA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm here, sis. Let's do it. Give it and a she's go. like, we're going to do it here. Like now. I was like, yeah, we yeah. are. Anyway, it was fucked. And now if you've all listened to this, now you can appreciate my medical trauma in episode two when that doctor decided to try and put two fists up and stitch, stitch. my bloody abdomen from the inside and I tore and bled. Yeah, that, that's why. So I was psyching myself up for this pap smear. This is a very hilarious story and probably one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me in my whole it. entire life. Go. So going to do the pap smear and I was like, yeah, do a pap smear, do a... Um, I also said, can the reason I actually went, <laughs> pretty funny, um, is I went for an STI check because cheating ex. Yeah, I who was knows? starting off as a single gal. Who knew, right? Got to start with a she clean slate. Start, she needs a clean shot. She had a clean <laughs> mind, right? Because yeah. I was like, she was a filthy gal. Like I anything don't know. could happen. Yeah. Um, so I did it for my peace of mind. So I was like, well, if I'm going for that, Jess, then you need to go and have your pap smear that keeps coming in the mail that you're ignoring. Yeah. So I was like, we're going to do it all. And she like put me up in the stirrups and she started like, she put the smallest speculum in that she could. Like, Naturally. There's, there's two different ones. She knows She knows you. She knew, knew me. And I was like, this isn't going to be easy, sis. She's like, no worries. We'll go really slow. We're breathe through no it. rush. We'll breathe. We'll chat. It's fine. Anyway, she got it in with, I was probably in about seven out of 10 pain then. Oh, um, and she's like, okay, I'm going to start winding it open. Huh. And so she starts winding it. I like, eyeballs are sweating a little bit. I'm sweating a little bit. <laughs> And then she was like, perfect, Jess. Like, I can just see that's enough. That's good. I'm just going to literally open my dressing pack yeah. and grab out the swab. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So I'm up there. got my little towel over my legs. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I could just feel that thing shutting like a clam. <laughs> and she was sitting there and she had her dressing pack open. And I was like, oh, my God, like, thank God this is not a stranger. And I know this woman. And my badge just went like <laughs> slam shut and I shot the whole speculum out like a fucking rifle Holy straight shit. into her gut. Like she was on a swivel chair and it just went poof, straight into her gut, just slam shut. And she oh, just like, we both pissed ourselves laughing. Like, thank God it was her. But the most embarrassing thing was she was talking about a mutual friend that we had. And she was like, oh, now that I've seen you, it's reminded me to catch up with them. And then my badge just went boop. And yeah, it was the worst thing of my whole entire life. So then she was like laughing. She's like, right, I'm going to have to keep one hand on it while I open the rest of the dressing pack. And so oh that was only Lord. just recently. So look, things aren't that much better. <laughs> Fuck. So did you get the pap smear? Yeah, I did. It's fine. Okay, good job. I know. I know. But, but that's, and then, I mean. And then I said to her, I was like, when do I have to come back? And she was like, oh, you've had the vaccination stuff. You don't have to come back for another five years. And I was like, cool, I've got five years to work on that. News flash, we're three years in and we're not any better. Okay, so, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. We love that for me. What a story. I know. Holy shit. That is literally like the most embarrassing thing. But I always just, like, imagine if it was like a man or someone you didn't know or didn't oh, know your history. Who cares? Like, I, I could feel them. it. I was You'd like, be a oh, fun start, story at a Christmas start, dinner. It's start and shushat. And then it was just like I had no control. No. Right? And that's the biggest thing about vaginism. It's like it's, it's an involuntary contraction of your vaginal muscles before any type of penetration. But it's involuntary. You cannot control it. Mm. You cannot relax it. There is nothing 
you can do. It's Tourette's and, of the Tachi. Uh, Tourette's of your, <laughs> your hoochie Gucci. Yeah. Of your little chocolini. But like it's involuntary. It is. And I, it's just fucked because they're like, the, the therapies for a physio, we've mm-hmm. been there, we've done that. We've done a lot of that. In fact, I've, yep. you know, last year you all knew after my recon and all that bizzo, I spent a lot of time doing that with Soph's hand up my business mm-hmm. and I worked through that. We appreciate her for that. We do. We love her. But she actually educated me on a lot, which I think you were asking me about earlier, about my whole like, um, what did you ask me? You asked me something about Kegels and I was like, please. Oh, uh, yeah. So... A lot of the stuff uh, that I was reading in this article by mm. Zinc, um, she was talking about practicing Kegels, which is where you you tense your pelvic floor mm. in internally and then you relax it. And so for women to learn, if you don't know where your your pelvic floor muscles are or what they are, for a woman, it's like when you're weeing and you can cut the urine the stream, stream midstream, would also like to point out, don't do that a lot because you can um, get UTIs from that. Mm. But once you've identified what the muscles are, you like do Kegel. So you, you tense them for three seconds and then you let them go. And it's supposed to help build up your um, pelvic floor, which is in turn what controls your orgasm. And, and for pelvic floor dysfunction, which I also have, that is good because it's about controlling it. Like if sure. you've, you're training it to do what you want it to do when you want it to do it. And so that, yeah. that part of it is good. So my question to you was with your vaginismus, is it counterintuitive to do Kegels? Well, yeah. Well, for me, like I'm, my whole issue is that I, my pelvic floor is so tight. It is so switched on all the time. And like, you know, one lady, lady that I saw was telling me like, a lot of dancers have it. And the cohort that she sees is normally ballerinas and dancers that they cause on all the time. They're yeah. sucking in all the time. Yeah. And that's why Rosie Reese does that big movement, the stop, stop sucking it in movement. Yeah. Because it's so bad for your pelvic yeah. floor. But then what I learned recently through going to the physio only last year for you all, you've all heard, you've all listened to our episode with Harrison. My bowels are uh, a regular, regular honey that uh, rarely knock on the door. There's not yeah. much warning yeah. um, and I go a lot. And so what she was saying is that subconsciously my rect, this is so much information, but like rectal it. area and yeah. sphincters is always tight yeah. because everything is risky business for me. Sure. And so apparently, where if that is tight, your pelvic floor automatically is tight yeah. and turned on also. So it's impossible to relax one without the other. Mm. So like half of her job when I was seeing her was for her to almost constipate me. Sure, okay. To try to allow, you to to allow relax. that to relax. Sure, enough for you to relax your pelvic yeah, floor. Yeah, which sure. is wild. And I didn't realize the two were so interchangeable. Well, yeah, so that what this is also what she, that Zinc's saying is that the pelvic floor is linked to urination, orgasm and bowel movement. So it's all like intertwined Yeah. with, so one affects the other. So yeah, it's just, uh, it was very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. You are so welcome. That is a lot of information about me, but I'm hoping that there's lots, we have a lot of endo listeners and a lot of gals have yeah. the old vaginismus. I didn't even know what it was. And I was like, sounds like Christmas or something with your <laughs> vagina. That's literally how you used it to explain not Christmas. it. Christmas of the vagina. It's, it's so far from fucking Christmas. Yep. But I was just telling Sean, um, the recent date I went on, I was like, I'm going to have to get to the point where I'm going to have to disclose this. And I didn't really explain what it was. I'm like, what guy's going to know? And I was like, yeah, look, sex is just a hard thing for me. It doesn't really like to work. My vagina doesn't like to accept anything. And he's like, yeah. oh, have you got vaginismus? What? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
I was like, excuse me. Pardon? And you haven't listened to the and podcast. I looked, I looked so confused. I was like, like shook. And he was like, oh, have I got it wrong? Is it vaginosis? And I was like, no, no, As no. As if you, he got it wrong. You were right. Your, your confused face was whether he'd pronounced it yeah, incorrectly. I was just like, you're very correct. And if anything, I'm now ready to take my knickers off. Yeah. <laughs> Please and thank you. Fucking hell. Anyway. Just wild. Wild. What yes. a, what a well-educated well man. Educated. So well-educated man. Good on you. Good. But seriously, though, good on him I know. for being connected to what being, women have to go through. And being open in talking about it because that's my whole thing, right? Totally. And, like, my biggest fear is an ex leaving me because that is a, such a difficult area and it's oh. a trigger for me. So if I can talk about it early enough, that's got to be a good sign. Yeah. And similarly, the same feelings are felt on this side of the table as well, sister, but obviously not for the same reasons. Mm. But previously, you know, I've had I, – I don't enjoy sex – because it hurts. I have a fused spine. I don't know if you've seen any twerking videos of any kind. They've all There's seen a lot you of- twerk on, my, <laughs> on our podcast page. There is a lot of back movement in any sexual movement. Mm. I have very minimal back movement. Mm-hmm. Numero uno. Yes. Up until this Christmas, I didn't have two hips that worked. Because... <laughs> The functionality the of them could not, the, the store was not opening. No. The hinge was broken, no. as they say. What degree were they again? You told me about Oh, They weren't good. I can't even remember. I think it was like 15, not even. Yeah, wow. It was not open at and all. See, that's the thing. My not legs open can action. open, but nothing can go in. There's no door. <laughs> there's no door there. <laughs> yeah, the, the doors are open, but there's nothing the, to walk yeah. through. Far <laughs> out. <The, all right. laughs> But so similarly, previously when I was dating, it too was a thing for me of like, I don't want to talk to people about this. This is really um, self-conscious for me. It's, it uh, makes super yourself vulnerable. so vulnerable. Oh my God, so it's vulnerable. Like, I don't even know if I like you yet, but now I have to disclose a huge yeah. part about me or we can't progress forward. And society-wise, it's almost assumed that you just casually have sex with people because, you know, freedom movement yeah. and all that oh, jazz. You're late, in your late 20s, yeah, that's your prime. Everybody. Or just go out and just take a boy home. Yeah. I'm like, and do what? Sit on the couch and say, look Play here, chess. doll. This <laughs> is probably not going to work for you. Yeah, so I was sorry sorry do you want to go now yeah i'll call you an uber yeah. if you like yeah. you can make what whatever story you like yeah to get you through yeah. the night but it's not happening but, but yeah but it's really hard to have that conversation so early on with someone that you don't really know mm, and like in and, that in that like just sleep with yeah, anybody and, mode and you know like you come home drunk and like girls a lot of girls, they feel like they're most confident in the bedroom. They know what they're doing. They don't need to talk to boys out. They take their clothes off and they're like, I, I feel most confident here. Yeah. Whereas for me, I feel so not confident in that situation. Yeah. But you could throw me out and I will dance the night away and have every male look at me and be dressed up. And th- I'm the conf- most confident bitch out there. Love it. Like me on a dance floor, yep. sign me up. Any yep. guy that wants to dance over me, I'm here for it. Oh, absolutely. Take me home. You're not getting that same dancing queen. No. I'm sorry. It's not the same gal. It's nighty and slippers. Yeah. Sorry about sorry. that. Sorry. And a large discussion. Big time. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I can't. I can't. Moves on the D floor, not in the bedroom. Yeah. And the best way out of it, you suck a dick and go. Dude. That's, that was my like, get out of jail get free out of card. Jail. Hey, like same. Got get so out of jail. good at that. I don't want to have sex with you, but no. that the oral sex is all I can give you. I can give you. But, but I'll give it to you good. Yeah. And guys are pretty happy if you do it good. I mean, they don't have to, they have have to do less. It. Yeah. 
And then they fall asleep and then it's you feel and then you're like, oh, less got out horrendous. Of that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Close but call. how awful is I know. that? Because you constantly feel like this unspoken pressure to put out almost. Yep. And like and then on top of it, if you've got any sexual trauma, which I have and we'll save that for another conversation, then the sex also is not a fun experience psychologically either. No. So not only do you have a physical barrier, mm. You've also got a mental barrier on top of the mental barrier of you're not good enough, you're a broken soul, no one's going to find you attractive, which is everything that we're told by society and media. And it's getting a little bit better now. But for someone with a chronic illness, you are basically told from the get go, you are not normal. No one is going to find you attractive and good luck if someone does. Yeah. And And if they do find you attractive, they're going to leave you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because you're not good enough well, for so them. Well, so that's what I was telling Sean literally on the couch before. That like these few dates that I've been on, I was like, oh, Sean, I think this person actually likes me for me, who I am deep down, like real, the true core me. And mm. then it made me realize that last fling I had with that knob mm. was that I was like, he really liked me. Yeah. But he really liked surface level surface jess he thought i was no i like don't get me wrong he did think i was a kind person and he was nice enough but he was so sexually driven Mm. and that never would have matched and he tried he's like look he's trying i'm trying to be understanding but i've got needs too like it was always kind of like i was was never enough i was never enough and and god like i tried i gave it a good crack and you know he wasn't nasty about any of it but it just made me realize i'm like oh no that is not the kind of relationship you want with someone if and if that is so important to them and the other things aren't as important to them like red flag red flag red flag Mm. for you Mm. green flag for someone else yeah red flag for you yeah and like for me personally like with my relationship now Zach is very patient and never wants to put me in a situation where I feel uncomfortable and there's nothing more attractive than that. Nothing more attractive. I was literally saying to Sean, I was like, nothing more. How attractive is consent? Like actually though. And how attractive is when someone like knows what you're going through or wants to hear about it or, or has wants to support you or looks it up. Or goes, hey, I want to put you in control. I don't want to force anything on you. I don't want to make you feel bad. Sorry, wow. And then you also then take a moment to think of all the other times that you've had an intimate or sexual experience of which you have not felt that. Mm -hmm. And I can bet you, you can count how many times you've felt comfortable on one hand. Yep. Or less than. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. It's just crazy. And we put ourselves in that situation as well from around like lack of self-esteem or like self-worth, we think that we have to put ourselves in those situations where we have to make ourselves feel uncomfortable to make someone else happy. Yep. And yep. I've done that so many times. Yeah. And I look back now and at that time I was so unhappy mm-hmm. with myself and I was so hard on myself. And I was so desperate to change my Feel narrative totally like this isn't me i'm better than this i can fix this problem yep. it's not going to be around forever i can fix it i can fix it it's not me i want to feel normal yep. i want to feel like i want to be the great. hot girl that some guy takes home from a bar and has a good totally. time totally <laughs> but that's what i was desperately telling myself same I could do it yeah and i did it for years and i felt awful mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. to my core i felt awful and i beat myself up about it And I was just, you know, that self-perpetual cycle of self-hatred. And it's just insane 
how different you feel when you're with someone that takes the time to talk to you about it. Yeah. And so I'm going to move on to the next part mm-hmm. of this um, article that Zinc has written. Yes. So she talks about how you can move past the idea of like sex has to be this orgasmic fight of bodies. Mm-hmm. And so there are going to be times, especially when you have a chronic illness, where sex is not possible. Whether that be someone is experiencing bad pain, whether they're experiencing a flare, whether they're bleeding, whether they feel nauseous, or whether they just don't want to. Because like we said, consent is sexy as hell. So what you can do in that moment is still maintain the intimacy. And by by that, you're still maintaining that connection Connection. with someone whether it be a foot massage or a back massage or head tickles back tickles whatever you guys want to do together do that still it doesn't draw the line in the sand that or because we can't have penetrative sex that the moment of connection has to dissipate because you can still keep going and by building those small foundations of small moments of intimacy it just builds a strong connection between the two of you. Well, yeah, that's like, I mean, for me, if all of that other stuff happens, like you're saying, the massage, the talking, the head tickling, the cuddling, I'm more inclined to want to try, even yeah. if it is painful. If someone's put the effort into making me feel comfortable, yeah, I'm happy to do the same in return. But when I was thinking about like my long-term ex, it got to the point where I'd be sitting on the couch and be like, oh, you're so hot. Like, I want to have sex. And I'm like, oof, like we still, our first three years was so not like there was so much time spent in like massage and being kind and talking and cuddling. And that is huge for me. Like if someone can do that for me and show that they actually truly care, well, I'll try and put up with an eight out of 10 pain for you and work through it. Yeah, but also sex is not a reward for good behavior. No, but like, it's not like I don't want to do it with them. I just know that like, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Yeah. But it's not like I don't want to. Like I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. Sure, that. Don't do that, people. Don't do that. I've done that. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. We've, we'll learn from that. Like another episode later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But don't do that. If you don't want to, you can say no at any time. Yeah. Any time. Any time. Any time. And say we said it. Yeah. Blame us. Blame us. I'm Get them to come no. chat to us. Yeah. Absolutely. Sean and Jess said I could say no. Yes. And they'd be like, who's Sean and Jess? You don't know. And then just walk out. <laughs> Get an Uber. Go home. Anyway. (laughs) Consent is sexy. Consent is so sexy. Well, so the next part of it is about communication, right? That one thing that everyone loves, but everyone hates to do properly. So what she says is obviously like communication is so key and so fundamental in a chronic illness relationship where you want to maintain intimacy with a partner. You have to talk about it. You can't get away from it. You either talk about it and try and build through it or you don't talk about it and it becomes this unspoken Voldemort in your relationship, right? You have to talk about it. No matter how uncomfortable it makes you at the beginning, the more you talk about it, the more you practice it communicating, the easier it's going to be. So with chatting, with talking, with talking about sex, with intimacy, with your relationship, her first tip about how to get the conversation started is to never have the conversation in bed. Nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. This goes... Because you're in like the heat of the moment and then you're the Debbie Downer and then you're forced into it. No, no. Because then you also connotate that conversation with the bedroom, right? So do not have the conversation in bed. Do not have the conversation immediately after you've just had sex. And by bringing up 
the subject of sex in the place where you most often have sex, you create this feeling of, well, you don't think I'm doing it right, which is so true. So true. Because that for me is like the biggest thing of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good at that because my body doesn't work the same. Mm -hmm. And then you just like spiral again. So that's our first numero tip is never have the conversation in bed. Yes. And use a lot of I statements when you're talking. Not you You, make me feel this. I I feel feel this this when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel this. For example, you can say, instead of saying you never want to have sex, consider saying I don't feel... I feel like we don't have sex as much as I want to. And I want to know why. Yeah. Like you're just changing the angle don't of the words. It's not a blame game. game. Who's going to win? If, who's, who wins? Who gains anything from blaming each other? And then this is the fun one that she come up with. Number three is come up with a mating call. Okay. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> but okay. So like <laughs> she says, it's sad. <laughs> she's Ca-ca. she sounds it's, it like, she says it sounds a little animalistic, what? but it's a, an, like, like animalistic. Like, <laughs> yeah. On the couch. Well, that's I a kink. So. That's a kink. If you're anywhere on TikTok, I found myself on kink talk at one point and there was a lot of growling. Okay. I found I, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what she says is that it would be like a shared, word sound movement between partners to let them know that they're feeling good feeling ready feeling um, open to some spice spice spice, spice play um and so i just thought that was a little fun like you know because there's always been times in relationships where you're like oh should we should i ask if he wants to have sex like should i not should how does he know yeah you know am i giving off at the vibe am i uh, vibing I'm vibing, but he's not reading it. Yeah, yeah. Oblivious. Yeah. But then if you <laughs> but if you out, say, Ca-ca! he's like, right, I'm on. We're on here. Let's From the go. other room of the other side of the house. Just Stop like, it. And they just come running out. Yeah. Like, here I am. <laughs> Stop. I just thought that was a fun little topic at the end. I don't think I'll be using that one. Everything else I agree with. That, <laughs> however, is a lot. But I find, okay, here's like real talk situation. I find sex super vulnerable. Yes. Like, it's probably the most vulnerable you could ever be, in my opinion. Yeah. Zach and I tried to do, like, a blindfold moment. Yeah. Of, like... Oh, yeah, you've told me this. Yeah, I'm blindfolded. Yeah. And, like... Because, you know, context, like, Sean and I don't like lights. We don't like to see ourselves. No. We don't like to see our body. I don't want to see my belly button scars. No. Or my chotch scars. Yeah. I don't want to see them. I don't want someone else to see them. No. I don't want them to see my endo bloat. It's a no from me. Yeah. And so what, <laughs> here's another thing. It's because I'm pretty blind without my glasses on. I take my glasses off and I assume that he can see the same that I can see, which Just is absolutely hazy, incorrect. fuzzy kind of gal. Zach has 20-20 vision. He can pretty much see in the dark, but when in my mind, I tell myself he's, he's seeing what I'm seeing. Just a blurry, <laughs> blurry dark <gal>. mess, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I find comfort in that. And then afterwards I, I put my glasses on. I was like, oh no, this is what he's actually seen. So anyway, that's a whole nother thing. I can't remember what I was saying. Oh yeah, blindfold. <laughs> so the blindfold thing, and I've, I've, I don't, again, for sex for me is a really hard thing. So I don't like giving up control of my body because I don't want my body to ever be out of control because it hurts me, right? So I have a really hard time of letting go, living in the moment, et cetera, et cetera. And so anyway, we thought, I know, 
will just take one of her senses away. The most useful, useless one for her, her sight. We'll put a blindfold on her. So he's put, we've put a blindfold on me. And, you know, he's, I don't know where he is in the room, right? And so I've also probably got my hands incapacitated. Incapacitated, <laughs> yeah. you reckon? We, we, the hands can't do much at this point, right? And I began to feel so uncomfortable. Like, so uncomfortable. The light was also on. Ooh, right? Sick. Exactly. So not only are the lights on and he can 100% see my entire body, I have no control whatsoever. I have no idea where he is and I have no idea what he's about to do. Horrendous. And I was like, I, we need to stop. I can't do this. And, he, and then so we talked about it afterwards and I was like, I just want to say like, I can't do... Look at your eye statements. Be proud of your eye statements. I can't do the blindfold stuff for a while because I felt so exposed and so uncomfortable that yeah, I, I couldn't enjoy it. Yeah, I would have been like, oh my God, what part of them, what are, what are they what looking, is he at? looking at? What are they looking what at? What do I look like? Yeah, my belly button is fucked, isn't it? Yeah. He can see everything yeah. now and he's and I can't see his face either. Yeah. So he's What's probably pulling a face. Yeah. He's probably doing that. He didn't, but <laughs> he probably is, you know? Demon Sean in my brain is like, he fucking hates that. I do. Look at you. <laughs> Stop. But that's what the yeah. inside voice says. Yeah. We know that that's not true. And I'm working on minimizing that voice. Yes. But we cannot ignore the, vo- the fact that the voice exists. I know. And it's a voice that so has been... But for so many people, they probably have the same voice. But with chronic illness, it's a voice that is amplified continuously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be freaking blaring at your most vulnerable time. Yeah. Of course it is. Yep. Ugh, I'm exhausted talking about this. It's a lot. It's a freaking lot. Anyway, she goes on to talk about mindfulness. She lost me there, but. <laughs> Mate, I've tried. So the um, vaginismus, um, what's it called? The vaginismus therapy, other than the dilator kit, which we've all spoken about. The others. Breathing exercises, physio, yep, we've tried that. Mindfulness, just switch off and tell that vagina to open up. And just deep breathe. Okay. And then it will happen. So zinc, like I know I just brushed off the mindfulness bit, but she talks about having a um, a nothing box in your brain Mm. and putting all the stress and stuff in this nothing box and trying to practice that, putting in the nothing box whilst you're not having sex. But apparently, as she's well documented, that not a lot of people can do that very well. No. Because we're all stressed to our eyeballs. Well, I just told you through my turbulent flow of my nostril. <laughs> that do I'm it now stressed. and see what you're at. After talking about these stressful things. Still the right one. Yeah. There's like no airflow now coming out of my lip. <laughs> so stressed. I'm so oh, hot I'm and sweaty. sweaty. My, the back shot. of my knees. Yeah, I know. I keep... Sitting the back of my knees are my very moist. Yeah, it's not good. Look, we've had a visceral reaction to this conversation. We're allergic to sex. <laughs> we got a lot deeper than I thought we were going. Do you think? Yeah. We, well, we're, I thought it was going to be lighthearted and fun. Well, what did I think? we're real with the people. And Absolutely. That's what they come here for. We've come at you with a lot of information. And look, if you stayed this long, congrats. Um, family, like I said, don't want to know that you've listened. Um <laughs> Please Although, don't leave a review. <laughs> don't leave a review. But for those who aren't related to us, please leave a review. Star on um, Apple and Spotify. 
We love seeing Let those. Let us know if you resonate. <laughs> if you resonate. And if you want a part two, we can get down and dirty some more if you want. We can. Hit us with some questions if you'd yeah. like us to answer. We yeah. can do that too. We can totally do that. We can do a sex Q&A. Um, oh, yeah. I quite like the idea of that. That is a good one. Yeah. Let us know if you'd like some of that. Yeah. We're here All for up it. in your grill. <laughs> Coming from you guys. we're not enough already. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's I go I cannot deeper. get over how sweaty my knees are. I know. I didn't know my knees could sweat this much. Questions and quotes. Um, I think I'm going to pass on the question for this week. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think we've exposed enough yeah, vulnerability t- this week. We're pretty vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable topic. Mm. Vulnerable points of conversation. Mm. We're going to leave that to resonate. No more questions. But no if questions, you've got please. questions for us, we'll get back to them. Yeah, we'll do yeah. a part two or, you know, a, another episode down the track. Maybe not back to back. But give yeah. us some give us a cool breathing off. time yeah. between. But quotes, sister, would you like me to go first on the quotes? Yeah, go so on. So you can finish I with a hottie. You always bring the best ones. It's something that you are fantastic at. Thank you, kindly. So my quote is: Mine is also themed from International Women's Day that we've just had this week. Yes. So my quote is: She wore her scars as her best attire, a stunning dress made of hellfire. I'd love to be able to. Right embody that naked with all your scars dude the like fact that some people walk around that house naked fucking baffles okay, my mind so this was telling you before i am so happy to walk around in knickers or high-waisted shorts and nothing like i love my boobies that's i have no self-confidence issues around my yeah. boobies you get any lower than my belly button and i'm like bandage me up yeah sure but i'm so happy to walk around the house Absolutely not. I couldn't think of anything but worse if you're home alone would you walk around the house naked? absolutely not really absolutely not that's wild. Fully clothed. Wild. After sex, immediately put on underwear. Yeah, I, I used to be exactly like that. But the last few years I've been better. I'm happy to stay nudie if I'm under the covers. Absolutely not. Mm. And I don't believe in bras. It's one of my biggest beliefs in life. In so, like... Ever. Ever. So that they're always out. That's not a problem here. Right. But I'm covered even boobies. You have really good boobies. Always. You Poor have Zach. hot bras. She has really hot bras and um, her boobies got too big. And so now I have them. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah, sharing is caring. So sharing. Okay. Hit us with the quote? hot quote. You're going to love per this. Usual. I'm like, so excited. I'm always ready to blow your mind. Okay. People think that intimacy is about sex, but intimacy is about truth. When you realize that you can tell someone your truth, when you can show yourself to them, when you stand in front of them and their response is, you're safe with me, then that's intimacy. Stop it. (laughs) That is fucking beautiful. You're welcome. That is a good one. That is a great one. Holy shit, that's deep. That's deep. That's everyone should have that in their mind when they're thinking. Yeah. Heck yeah. How good is that? Oh, safety. It's all about safety, isn't it? Consent and safety. Oh, you're safe with me. We've just That's summarized so nice. an, an hour long episode. Yes. We could have just skipped to the end. I love that. It's about so much. <laughs> safety. How good is it though? That's beautiful. I know. You've I done a bloody good it. job at, Thank again, you. Thank as you. per usual. Thank you. That's about all I bring to this podcast. <laughs> the bloody good, good quotes. quotes. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Ugh. 
It's all right. I'll, I'll carry the fort. It's thank fine. you. Thank you kindly. All right, everybody. On that note, say that quote to yourself often. Often That's and important. always. That is very important. Um, but we hope that you have a fabulous week. We hope this hasn't triggered too much for you. But it might have also triggered you in a way that it makes you feel more aware of what you deserve. And totally. we love that for you. We love that for you. And that's what we're here for. Absolutely. Educate, validate. That's us. But on that note, take care, guys. Bye. Bye.